Welcome to the Cowie Baptist Church podcast. To learn more about Cowie, including in our gathering times, visit us online at cowie.church. Enjoy the message. Amen, amen. Good morning, church. It is so good to see you, so good to be together, so good to be worshiping together this morning, and what a season we have been in. We had a, a great season of outdoor worship services, and we're blessed by just those times that we were able to spend together, and we kind of became a portable church during that season, and so uh, it took kind of an army every Sunday to pull that off from parking lot teams to those that were setting up uh, chairs to uh, really just a a kind of a portable setup for our cameras, and so many uh, pieces there, the the band that would lead, the the quartet from upstairs that would lead, uh, really just an incredible just group of volunteers that made that possible every week, and I just want to say thank you uh, to each of you that uh, served, to each of you that were part uh, of those times. For, for all of you being here today, thank you. For those that are watching uh, and participating with us at Church Online, uh, we are so grateful for you being here. I had a great crowd uh, coming together. Sorry for some technical difficulties earlier, but I want to tell you, if you, if you could have seen the inside of this place uh, a week ago. Uh, it looked like that someone had set a grenade off in the sound booth and everything had just spread out everywhere. And so really just incredible to see uh, us uh, back together and, and going. Uh, today is uh, by the date of the month, the first Sunday in October, which is homecoming Sunday. What a great day to come back uh, inside. It looks a little different uh, this year, but for those of you that didn't get the message and brought casserole or some type of like pudding, if it's sweets, if you go up the elevator, there's an office area. The office on the left is where all the desserts go, and then on the right, you'll find veggies and that kind of stuff. Um, and so, uh, feel free to drop those off. Uh, we also, normally on homecoming, we uh, recognize you folks, and hmm. yeah, I think I've got some stuff back there, yeah. So, I'll, I'll come get those here in a second, but we recognize some folks. First, I want to uh, recognize our oldest uh, member, and Miss Hazel's actually, uh, Hazel McWhorter is uh, actually down in Athens, and usually she's able to come back up for our homecoming uh, services, and she's in a, a care facility there uh, in Athens, and uh, an assisted living uh, type situation where they don't allow her to travel, but they uh, have really been blessed to uh, kind of connect with her. She turned 100 uh, years old this year, and the church said, yeah, it's, uh, we're going to get her a copy of, uh, of this service and be taking her a gift from our uh, church as well, just recognizing her. There are not many people making it to be 100, and she's still like in better shape than I am. Last year, I went and saw her, and, and, and she, I was at her house. She had like on the porch, uh, before she went, she had like an exercise bicycle. She said, yeah, I get out there and do that every morning. I said, man, that's awesome, right? So, uh, but we're thankful for Miss Hazel, and uh, the next person that I wanted to, to, to mention is uh, Miss Zena Pearl Brogdon, and she's probably listening online or down at, at, at her home. But Miss Zena Pearl, this is my favorite picture of her. She would come in, and, and she's just an example of just a really life of faithful service to a body of Christ. She's been a member of this church for 81 years, right, since 1939, right? Yeah, it's... And, and I want to tell you, every year that that that, uh, that I've ever heard of has been just in selfless service to the church. And one day, somebody had pulled up in this Mustang, and she was leaving. And I, 
I had her stage a picture there like she had drove in it and got a kick out of that. That was my favorite picture of Miss Nina Pearl. But she's led so many things and just our prayer ministry and just anytime you're at her home now, you'll find uh, your names and my names just right in front of her where she prays faithfully every day. And I'll tell you, there's nothing uh, like those senior saints. Y'all, you, you know, you ask me to pray for you, and that's a good thing, but I'm going to tell you something. I want people like Mrs. Zena Pearl praying for me, you know. And just an incredible uh, lady. We, uh, we had a, a great time a couple of weeks back um, with a baptism at the river. I want to share just a little short video of that, and then I want to recognize some of our, uh, our younger uh, members as well. And so uh, you can check out this clip and then... recognize our, our newest baptisms, uh, these two uh, young men, Cason uh, Chufo and Jeremiah Jennings. Uh, Mr. Cason, I think, is uh, in the room, I believe. Uh, come on up here, buddy. You, uh, I think Mr. Jeremiah, he went on the end. Now, if you're a preacher's kid, you get to come to both services. That's one of the blessings, right? So, um, so Cason uh, was here earlier this morning. We've already given him a, a little gift uh, there along the way. Um, Jacob Anderson is another young man that we are super proud of. Jake, you come on up here and uh, hang out with us, and uh, Jacob uh, is another one of the, the young men that are some of our youngest members, and also Cole Hodges. I don't think I've seen Cole uh, here. Oh, there he is. Yep, come on up, Cole. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, just stirs my heart so many times, and, you know, as I was looking at that baptism video, there was something beautiful that was a part of that service. We had fathers that uh, in every situation were in the river with their children, and they were baptizing them. And as I look at uh, these young men, and uh, I want to give 
Uh, the two of you that hadn't got these, like I said, Mr. Kaysen already has this. Jeremiah did ask where the Legos were earlier, so uh, next year we'll try to think on that uh, as well. But these are just some devotion books that are uh, for you in the midst. But one of the things that was beautiful about each of uh, these young folks, you know, it used to be when I first became a pastor, my favorite thing, the thing that stirred in my heart the most was when at the end of the time that I was preaching, someone would come to Christ. And don't misunderstand me, that's still one of the greatest blessings of my life. But now, um, something that stirs my heart maybe more than anything is when people come to Christ uh, in their homes and outside of this place because their families are pouring into them. And, and it's just a beautiful thing. And, and these young men uh, were uh, like that. where They had been impacted by the church and Sunday school classes and children's worship and all kinds of different things, but uh, came to faith in Christ in their, their homes and, and families and just really a an incredible uh, blessing in the way that they've already began to serve and just how they uh, engage. But uh, super proud of them and excited to see how the Lord will continue to use them as they grow uh, in uh, their faith and in their understanding of, of who He is. And uh, I'm excited for all of us uh, as we come together and we grow in our understanding of who He is and, he, and we're changed uh, from the inside out. But we're proud of these guys. Let's give them a hand uh, this morning. So. All right, God bless y'all. Thank you so much. Y'all are welcome to hang out with me, or you can go back to your seats either one. You can kind of pick. So we're good either way with that. Um, man, we're going to jump into Acts chapter 2. We're walking uh, verse by verse through the book of First Peter, and that is uh, really how the Lord stirs my heart. I love to preach verse by verse through uh, the Scriptures and just to look at the full counsel of God's Word. And up until... About 11.30 last night, I was going to preach in First Peter, and my heart just continued to stir uh, toward this passage in Acts chapter 2. And so if you want to take your copy of God's Word, uh, we're going to jump in uh, beginning in verse 41, and we're going to uh, pick up in a place, and I want to remind you of the setting. Jesus, before he has ascended, has given his uh, disciples this command to go and make disciples. He's uh, reminded them in Acts 1-8 that they would receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon them and that they would be his witnesses, not only uh, in their hometown, not only where they're at, but to the uttermost parts of the earth. And so they've been given this task, and it could not have been given uh, to a uh, crazier group of people, right, that, that had been put together. These are tax collectors and fishermen. These are not the guys we would pick. They are ordinary fishermen. They didn't know. Now, now they had been with Jesus, so don't misunderstand me when I say that they were not uh, educated because they had been with Jesus, but they didn't go to some kind of school that said this is exactly how uh, it looks to plan a church. This is exactly what you do, and first you need to gather a few people in your home, and then you're going to have that little start group, and then you're going to... They didn't get all these kind of things. Uh, they didn't have a building like this. They didn't... And I'm reminded that the church is not uh, a building. It is you uh, as followers of Jesus Christ, right? And we are uh, the church, but they were... Uh, they didn't have a building like this, but they were people that were following Jesus. They were obedient to his command, and God did something in their midst. Never, by the way, when they were given the mission uh, of, of going into the uttermost parts of the earth, right? they're given this message of going and making disciples. There never, uh, I mean, there's never been a mission given, a bigger mission given to a group of more unlikely and unqualified people. Peter preaches his first sermon, and we... Uh, see just an incredible thing take place. Everybody uh, go like this. <laughs> like, I, I, I didn't see everybody do that. Some of y'all can't tell for sure, but 
So this is, this is the kind of moment right here, okay? This is, this is one of those moments. Peter preaches his first sermon, and I think that's the face that they were making. Verse 41, Scripture says, So then those who had received his word were baptized, and that day there were added about 3,000 souls. Now, wouldn't you love to have been there? Like, I think about moments like I would love to have been uh, in that moment. I would love to have been there that day. Uh, Charles Swindoll, who I, I love, uh, says this. Think of this, 3,000 new babies. 3,000 new babies born on the remarkable day of Pentecost. 3,000 untrained, untaught, ignorant, brand new believers with no church handbook, no guidelines, and no building to meet in. Add to that a hostile society that had taken an active part in the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, and you've got the makings of a superhuman task. He said, I, I, and I want to remind you, when you look around our culture right now and you look around the division and you look around all the craziness that's going on this, never I, I could think of then there's a time that we have uh, as the church, right, a uh, superhuman task ahead of us, right? We have got something that only God can do. And by the way, we need to be desperate to see something that only God can do. I, I long for a move of God that is something only God can do, not something that a group of smart people can get together to do, not a, a, a group of people can look at, but that something that only God could do. And by the way, we are desperate for that. Vance Havner said that the, the times that we live in, is written a season back, but he said the times that we live in are desperate, but the saints of God are not. And I want to encourage you that we might come together in desperation for a move of God uh, in our midst. I want to give you a couple things from verse 41, just a couple things that you can look at. The first thing is that they received his word. That's what the scripture says. They heard the gospel. They received his word. They repented of their sins. We see uh, that the response that they had to the word of God, they believed the gospel. They repented of their sin. Number two, they were baptized. They identified publicly. We saw the video uh, of uh, the baptism a few weeks ago, but they identified publicly uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ as followers of Jesus Christ. And number three, they were added. It was simple as that. They were added about 3,000 souls <laughs> that day. That's the move. So God moved, 3,000 souls are added to the church. And what's next? Because really, I mean, I think we come back together in the way that we have this morning, and it's been this season of outside worship, and we come back to church, and we're thinking about what does all this look like? What do we do? How does this come together? What's next? I mean, that had to be a question in their mind. Like, they're like, hey, all of a sudden, like, I'm preaching. Now there's like, there's just a little of us. Now there's like, what do we do? How does that look? Here's what they did. It, it, here it says, verse 42, it said they were continually, I love uh, this thought, right? They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Uh, the King James Version, if you're following along in that translation, it says they devoted themselves to the doctrine, right, to the apostles' doctrine. It, it was the word of God that, that, they were, uh, that was coming through the apostles. Uh, a little boy in children's church uh, was asked one day. They were talking about things, kind of giving him a quiz, and uh, they were talking about doctrine. And somebody asked the little boy, said, what is doctrine? And he was a little confused, and he said, that's what folks need when they're sick doctrine that's what they need when they're sick and and here's the reality that's what we need as well to understand and know what the word of God says to, to understand the beauty of the gospel and we're going to look at that in first Peter next week and just the majesty of the gospel and how it causes us to to not simply not do things but to pursue a life of holiness out of what God has done in our lives and these people I love the fact, I don't want to miss this, they were, it says they were, and it doesn't say, like it would have been tempting uh, for it to say something like, hey, those 3,000 gathered around the smart people and they taught them some stuff or all those kind of things, but immediately those 3,000 became us, it became them, it became 
they. It wasn't this differentiation. It wasn't this differentiation between somebody like Zena Pearl that's been a member of this church for longer than almost all of us have been alive. It wasn't, there's not a differentiation between her and, and this young, the young men that used to be standing on stage. They became us, and it doesn't matter uh, of the, 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 what sin, what situation, what things that people have walked through. When the power of the gospel changes somebody, and they're born again, they pass from death to life, and they become us. That's what happens right here. It's one body. There's no difference. They're followers of Jesus Christ, and they are devoting themselves to the Word of God. And as I read these passages, when God moves and when we see a church birth, when we see a church assembled, there's some things that we see a group of people devoted to. The first thing that we see is that they devoted themselves to the Word of God, right? They devoted themselves to the Word of God, and it takes investment, growing like, like these young men, they're going to grow because of investment of food. They're nourished. And, man, I can't wait. When we're in First Peter, we're talking about this, this craving that new believers, that all believers should have in the sincere milk of God's Word, that we should desire that and we should see it. That's a evidence of what God's doing in our lives. And, and it takes investment, right? It takes time. It takes discipline. But here's the thing. We make time for what we believe is important. That's the reality. You know, I had the blessing of hanging out with John Wirt and his two boys for a few minutes yesterday, and we were, we were standing outside to kind of lean on some cars and talking, and I, John made a comment, and he said, you know, he said, that daily Bible reading plan we do, he said, I just love hearing, and I'm just going to brag on, on a couple of people, not, not to glorify you, but he said, I just love hearing, he said, the faithfulness every day, he said, I, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open that up, I'm going to see, I, I'm not even going to name names, it's not important, but I, you know who you are. You call me every day, and it's an incredible blessing, but you don't do that. But he said, I, I, I want to tell you, he said, I, I opened that up, and he said, I love to see what they've gleaned from God's Word that day. And those that you're looking at have told me just a few weeks ago, and they said, you know what? I can't wait every day, because here's what happens. If you're in that Bible reading plan, here's what happens. Every day, uh, about 6.30, 6.45, sometime early in the morning, and it's like, it's like these boys are all together, and, and they say, one, two, three. Post. And because all of a sudden you see Jonathan work, and you see Jared, and then you see John. And I said, you know, we are so blessed to see that. And he said, you know, every morning, he said, we, we get up. He said, we get up at 6 o'clock. He said, then we, we get together at the table, and we open God's Word together. And he said, there's something. He said, you know, he said, we could do it separately. But he said, sometimes the boys have questions. And he said, I'm able to talk to them about it, talk through the Scriptures, and said, you know, then we, we make our post and we do all those kind of things. And I thought, you know what, if John Wirt can do that, and I don't think John in my sense as a, as a single dad raising two boys, I know he's blessed with a lot of help, I know he's, I know he's got all kinds of things, he's done that, but he says, you know what, the Word of God is important and I'm going to get out of bed, I'm going I'm I'm to get my boys out of bed, we're going to gather together because we're going to start our day with Jesus. It makes all the difference. And I thank God for that, I thank God for that example, I thank God for what that stirred in my heart because the reality is that this discipleship this peace that we're called to do is done in best and only really in the context of relationships that's how we've been wired that's why it's so important that we gather as a body that's why it's so important that we do that and family is a great place to, to start now the challenge is as we gather back together it's a weird time uh, there are those of you that are watching online and, and we have a, a kind of a, a digital campus that that many gather at and, and you know the methods of engaging change but the message remains the same and no matter where you're at if you 
Uh, go online, you'll see cowie.church forward slash groups, and you'll see groups that are meeting in the building. You'll see groups that are meeting via Zoom. You'll see groups that are meeting in the building and on Zoom. You'll see those that are meeting at different times. And we just want to encourage you to be engaging with other uh, believers in some way. Maybe you're part of our online audience, and, and you say, you know what, I, I virtually I watch, but we want you to be a participant in what God's doing. And, and we understand there are people that don't feel comfortable being back in a building, and we understand that, and that is perfectly fine. We want folks to worship in whatever way they feel comfortable in this season, and it's our heart as a body of believers that we would meet you where you're at in that moment and that we could connect. Maybe that you would just like to speak to a pastor or pray. Let us know, and we would love to gather in whatever way. But we find a people that are devoted to the Word of God. Verse 43, let's keep going. Scripture says, Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. Now, we see these, these, this sense of awe, and this word awe, it gives us this picture of this, this uh, extreme uh, weight, this, this crushing weight, this incredible uh, just reality of the presence of God. And we're going to see people that are devoted to the Word of God, and we're going to see people that are devoted to seeking the presence of God. We're going to see a group of people that are devoted to the Word of God and to seeking the presence of God. They gathered, and, and they, uh, they worshiped. They broke bread together. They took communion. They did all of these kind of things, and they were desperate to see God move. Now, God, in one sense, is always with us, but there are times I read in Scripture, and there are times that I've been gathered with other believers when the manifest presence of God is made known among His people. And when that happens, there's nothing that can describe it. You know, we were singing that song, Who Can Stop the Lord Almighty? And when God moves, right, I'm telling you, it changes everything. And I'm desperate to see God move in our midst. And it's not going to come through any creative words that I say, but in the power of His Spirit and through uh, the Word of God, I pray that God will move among His people where lives are changed, where people pass from death to life, and it will come. And by the way, I said it will come. There's nothing we can do to manufacture a move of God. There's nothing that we can do that says, you know what, if we do these three things, then all of a sudden we're going to have a move of God. But I believe with all my heart there are some things that God's people can do to be prepared for a move of God when he sees fit to move. We see a people devoted to the Word of God, devoted to seeking the presence of God, and we see a people that are devoted to one another. Look in verse 44. Scripture says, And all those who had believed were together and had all things in Common. They began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. When I read those passages of Scripture, there is nothing that describes mutual sacrifice for the good of the body like those Scriptures do. That, that people were saying, you know what, and in our day, sometimes it's sacrifice of preferences. Sometimes it's sacrifice of things that maybe we uh, believe that are non-gospel uh, issues. And we, it's mutual sacrifice. And as we gather back together as the body of Christ, we gather, and it's going to take mutual sacrifice for the good of the body as we come together. Now, this picture, uh, I'm not saying that all of a sudden we got to take all our stuff and put it in a big pot and we'll share it. And this is not a promotion uh, in the Scriptures for communism or socialism or, or anything like that. And we see that it's way different than that. Number one, it's temporary. Uh, number two, it's based on belief in God. Number three, uh, the church was the, the people that were controlling it. And uh, number four, it was voluntary. So it's not that kind of thing. So don't mi misread uh, into anything. But what we do see and what I want you to see in this is there were a people that were changed by Christ. They didn't know anything uh, at all. They were uneducated. They didn't have all the handbooks. They didn't know exactly what church looked like. They didn't know anything but this, that when they came to Christ, they came in surrender. The, this, the Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. You receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. They came together in surrender. They came together in 
repentance and everything they had, everything they had was his. They didn't come and say, I'm going to hold on to this and I'm going to hold on to that. They said, you know what, we, are, we, we come and Lord, here I am, Lord. My yes is on the table. And when they did, they became a people. They became a family. And they came together and they said, Lord, all I have is yours. We, we become part of his story for his glory. And when we do, we don't come and say, if it's this way and that way, then I'll follow you. But we come and say, Lord, here I am. But everything I have is yours. And whatever he asks, he's going to gift you with the Holy Spirit. And by the way, as you've been reading through the F26 together, we've been reading in John's gospel, Jesus said, hey, it's expedient. It's better that I go away because if I go away, then I'll send the comforter. And he said, you're going to be better off. It's this picture of, and how can they even picture that? And God will speak to us and direct us. We've got to be careful what we hold tightly. Got to be careful because when a people of God come together with that heart, it's fertile soil for God to move. Day by day, Scripture says, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Within six months, the church at Jerusalem had grown to over 100,000. These people, they devoted themselves, right? And did you notice it said day by day? It didn't say on Sunday morning. There were people every Sunday that would come to faith in Christ. They would invite them, and Peter would, it didn't say that. It said day by day, day by day. And I love that thought. It was adding to their number, those who are being saved. And it ought to be day by day that we are experiencing things like we are with these young men who have come to faith in their homes. It's day day that we ought to hear from people who God have placed. Listen, when we look in First Peter, we see that those people were scattered, but they were scattered on purpose for a purpose. Uh, you, you know, you may say, hey, I, you know, there's not a lot of people in my workplace uh, that follow Jesus. It's kind of tough because I, like I feel like I'm kind of alone. I feel like when I'm there, maybe there's not a lot of people that are on the same page as me. Maybe there's not a lot of people that are following Jesus. Well, congratulations, because God has placed you in a fertile mission field where you can declare the good news of the gospel and, and proclaim the glory of who he is, and God has placed us on mission for the glory of his name. And these people, they devoted themselves to the church. And when we say one another, it's almost like I didn't even need this next part because we are the church, but they devoted themselves to the church. And I've heard people throughout my Christian life to say, you know what, I really don't need to be part of a church I worship God by myself. I don't need to be connected to a church. I don't have to be part of that. And I will say this, I think there are certainly Christians without churches. There are also people without homes. And we send them to making new beginnings, and we ask Bob and Debbie to help them because we know that it's not healthy. We know it's not healthy. And Christians without homes are not healthy either homeless Christians are not healthy and so I want to encourage you and it's not simply about gathering in this building if you're a person that connects with us online we want to encourage you to connect in community in some way there until there's a, a place and a time that you feel comfortable gathering with the body of Christ but my encouragement is not simply to consume you can find a lot better preaching on podcasts you can find a lot 
of different things out there. there I, I, there's, there's a world that we live in where the Word of God is accessible in greater ways than we have ever seen. But in the, any of those things, you cannot find a body of believers that God has put together for the glory of His name to be a local expression of His body in a community. We're, we're going to look, and as we get into First Peter, we're going to think, and I, and I was just reading about these exiles, and I was thinking about those that were exiled in Babylon and how God had placed them there, and then he tells them while they're there to, to be about the welfare of the people. We're going to talk about what it looks like to be a church who is about the welfare of the city that they're in, who, a church that's making a difference for the glory of Christ, where they're living sacrificially for the good of people that are around them. And we can not do that if we are simply consuming. We have to commit. We have to say, you know what? I know that when I'm born again, that I'm born again into a family of God. I'm giving a living hope. I'm giving all these things. But we are coming together as his people on a mission for the glory of his name. And we see an incredible result. Souls are added every day, not just on Sunday. Man, we're in crazy times. Times that the message of come and see has shifted to the message of go and tell, which really was the command from the beginning. But, you know, church decided that, you know, we'd, we'd create some good programs. Man, didn't the band do awesome this morning? It was so good to be in here and here and there. Just an incredible blessing. Man, it was so good to be worshiping together. But we can't put together programs and services and all those kind of things and expect lost people to come to this place to hear the good news of the gospel. We can come to this place and we can be encouraged and we can be reminded that he is the Lord God Almighty. And didn't you like it when he said, who do you say that I am? And then he says, you are Christ and the living God. And you, he says, upon this rock, right, upon this confession that Christ is, he says, I'm going to build my church. And he said, the gates of hell, he said, will not prevail against it. And we are on a mission that is unstoppable. And the church, by the way, when we are unified, is an unstoppable force in this world. We bought into this lie that evangelism is for professionals, that sharing the good news of the gospel uh, is for uh, paid church staff or professionals or, or leaders or those kind of things, but it is for professors. That's what I want to say. It's not uh, professionals, but it's professors. It's for everyone that professes faith in Jesus Christ. You are part of the mission of God, commanded, right, and committed uh, to the Word of God. A church committed to the Word of God, committed to one another, will be blessed. And as we come back together, as we come back in this building, as we worship together, I want to challenge you to come back to the basics, to, to not try to say, how are we going to do all these things and do all this, but to come back to the basics of people who have surrendered their lives and said, God, everything I have. Really, when you look at that devoted, that word that they devoted themselves, really what it means is they gave themselves to it. They said, here's, here, here's what I have. That's really what the offering really is that God desires, that, that we would come and, and, you know, we would say, you know what, God, here I am. Everything that I have is yours. My yes is on the table. My, the mission is greater than anything in my life. So I will give up freedoms. I will sacrifice things, and I will come together in a way that says all I am is yours. They devoted themselves to many things, but it began with the apostles' teaching. It began with the Word of God, and we saw in Acts chapter 2, and I want to tell you something. When we look in a world that is divided in so many different ways, and we look in a world where so much is crazy in the midst of all of it, I want to tell you something, that there is one thing that is big enough to unite uh, people together. There is one thing uh, that is big enough to unite people from all over the world, to, to unite a community together, to unite a people with different opinions, different groups, different things, 
you know, the gospel we see in chapter 2 was big enough to, to unite different ethnic groups, different backgrounds, different social statuses, different fill in the blank, and it united them as one people. And these people in Acts chapter 2, their focus was not on the things of this world. Their focus was on Jesus, and they were better together because of it. When they came together, they were united to God, and they were united to one another. They became the family of God. God's chosen people, his, and a royal priesthood. Oh, I can't wait to get into the book. We're going to have to keep going. So one sermon at a time, one, one book. Come on. One people, one people, better together, loving God. As a result of that, they loved one another. That's the only way you'll love one another is if your love for God is, is good. It's, it's, when, when your affection is on who he is, and it changes everything. The only way that we're going to love one another well, our community well, and the only way that we'll do that is when our affection is on him. And when we gaze into the beauty and the majesty of who Jesus is, and it results in worship, it results in laying down anything that might divide. We're a church that says we love God, we love people, and we put that love in action. Welcome home, church. Now, we know our home is in heaven. We're citizens. We've been talking about that, of a different kingdom. Man, I out of first Peter this morning, but, but we're <laughs> so good. Oh, I can't wait. We're living stones, though. We together. This is as close to home as you're going to find this side of glory. When God's people come together, welcome home. Feel we're home. We got a mission, a family mission, right? Only Jesus can do what needs to take place in our, in our city, in our lives, in our families, in our homes. Only Jesus. Man, I want to be a person. I want you to know there's been moments throughout this journey here, man, that I've been struggling. And there's been moments that we wrestle with decisions, wrestle with all these things, man. I was talking to a fellow pastor that's here, and I'm sure it's the same thing for your church. And it's been a weird season. I want you to know and it's my heart that I might come, that I might come into this season, that this would be a defining moment. You know, I look back in 1828 when this church was planted, and you think about those defining moments. Man, I hope 2020 is a defining moment where the people of God reassemble, and with a new fire, with a new passion, with a desire that says, you know what, it's not about me. With a desire that says it's not about, not about us. It's Jesus, and I'm going to give myself. So that I pray God will allow me to give myself to that in a way that's different. And I, I confess and repent those places that, man, my mind has been all over. We're not designed to take in all the mess that we take in. It can be overwhelming. It can be taxing. And let him be first. Don't be devoted to Fox News and CNN and every news feed and all the things. Don't let us be described as a people who would say we're devoted to Facebook and social media and all those kind of things, but let us be a people that would be described as devoted to the Word of God and to one another. May He send us on mission. May He do something in this place that's different. And will you be desperate with me and just cry to God for a move of God and that we might be desperate for His presence. And I read in Acts 4, Scripture says, man, that when the place that they were gathered, they were praying, it said the place that they were gathered was shaken. 
<clears throat> they were filled with his spirit and they left that place with boldness. That's what we need. We need men to leave this place with boldness, on fire, on mission, united for the glory of his name. Only Jesus. Your eyes, I want to ask the band to come and we're just going to worship together. And you may want to, you may want to come and pray. You may want to, somebody to pray with you. I'm going to not invite myself in those places. I would like to be uh, down center and be glad, be glad to do that. Um, but we want to worship the Lord together. I want to ask you if, if uh, this morning and, you know, people preached people and he shared, as he shared the gospel, Scripture says that they were pierced to the heart. The people cried out, brethren, what must we do? And he said, repent and be baptized of Jesus Christ for the remission. And he said, you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I want to invite you, if you've never surrendered your life to Christ, and God invites you to be part of a family. And if God's speaking to your heart, I want to invite you and to come like they did, surrendering everything, saying, God, here I am. All that I have, all that I am. I repent of my sins and I surrender. I believe the gospel. I trust and follow you.